Everybody, it's your boy Mo back with another live episode of Up in Flames. Tonight we got a late night hoop talk. I got my guys from the Hoopers Pod, John and Fresh. How y'all doing today? Good, good, man. man. What's going on over there? Appreciate you. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm chilling, man. I'm glad I got y'all on. So, you know, before we get into anything, hoops, I always allow my guests to be able to explain who they are, tell them, tell us a little about themselves. So the floor is y'all's. So it's John W. I'm Fresh X. We do Hoopers Pod, talk everything basketball. Um, you can find us anywhere, podcasts, or just basketball enthusiasts, just like to talk about the game overall. Definitely. Represent Atlanta, Georgia. Team yeah. Go Hawks. Hopefully they have a big year this year with all the offseason moves they made. Right. Okay, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely get into some Atlanta talk since, you know, we definitely could talk about the Hawks. But, you know, first things first, man, I'm glad – to have y'all on. And so let's let's just get right into it. First thing I want to talk about is, you know, the biggest news of late is Giannis with his huge contract right. extension. Yep. You know, y'all covered that early this morning on y'all's show. So for anybody who's not able to check it out uh, or hasn't checked it out yet, you know, y'all do a morning run every Wednesday. So y'all definitely make sure y'all go check it out at 9 in the morning, East Coast time, 6, 6 o'clock Pacific. But like I said, you know, Giannis and his huge contract extension. So, I guess before I give my opinion on that, what do y'all? What does that mean to y'all for Milwaukee and and for Giannis? What what did did he show you anything with him going ahead and signing that five year deal? I know for me when I saw him sign a deal because uh, I heard a little talks about it last month in uh, in November about he was considering signing that deal. It just shows you know the impact Milwaukee has had over on his life because I think he had some sentimental value to stay there. Yeah. He didn't just and leave them and I think he believes that they're going to put put the right pieces around him to get him to a championship because we know that's his ultimate goal but I love the commitment he made for the team to not keep them you know wondering what he's going to do because the trade talks was going to be crazy <laughs> yeah uh, 100%. so uh shout out to him and, and let me sign the largest contract in NBA history as we said earlier for a player that once had that sent so much money home he couldn't afford a cab mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't be mad at that. Um, I think it starts the timer on Milwaukee's window, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know at least three years he's gonna be okay there. That fourth, then with the fifth being an option, is like you gotta kinda get over that hump by the third year, if not this year. Right. Because you don't want him to be there after his prime and it kind of turns into a Kevin Garnett situation. Yeah. Where you didn't necessarily waste it because y'all were getting out the first round, but Y'all didn't make it there. Y'all didn't right. get to the championship. Now it's like, do y'all does he want to be there? Do y'all want him here? Or mm-hmm. you know, come to some something mutual like Minnesota and Kevin Garnett at the end of his career. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and John, I definitely agree with you. It does as if it wasn't already where they're in their window. Um. I do think it starts the timer legitimately. Um. He can't be traded if I'm not mistaken for two years after. The, once the extension kicks in after this season. So basically, like you said, he's locked in for this season and two seasons after that. So he's locked in for the next three years. 
Um, the sense of loyalty that he gave Milwaukee, I, I, I understand it like everybody, but at the same time, he has an option to request a trade and basically pull a James Harden. And, you know, everybody kind of gave James Harden props when he continued, once he left and got to Houston, you know, he kind of did the same thing, but he could make that same move and kind of force his way out. I think he'll go about it differently. He's a little bit more of a professional. James Harden been out and about partying with, you know, little babies, been all over the country partying with little babies. So he probably feeling himself a little bit getting around a lot of guys with a lot of egos, um, outside the basketball world. But I I don't want to, I don't want to label it that it was Giannis showing his loyalty. I mean, he wasn't going to get, he was going to basically take like 60, 70 million dollar pay cut to sign a four or five year deal somewhere else. Yeah. Um, because you know, uh, Milwaukee owns the bird rights. So right. I do think like he took the money now, but it doesn't mean I don't see him being in Milwaukee in five years unless they win championships. So like you said, it does start the timer now. Um, every year matters for Milwaukee over these next three years, but yeah. I just don't want to lean into it and like, Oh, he's showing a sense of loyalty that we don't get anymore. Because a lot of guys get there, uh, they, they either leave, like when LeBron left Cleveland the first time, he right. stayed around, went through his rookie contract and his next big contract, yep. and they still weren't giving him enough help to win a championship. So it wasn't about the loyalty with LeBron, and that, his loyalty showed when he went back to Cleveland, but it was about, I have to win championships. I'm LeBron James, and if y'all not going to put me in the right position, put the right players around me, then there's almost no point. And me continuing to stay. And then, you know, he was talking about uh, linking up with D-Wade and Chris Bosh. Who won it? And, you know, it could have been Carmelo Anthony. But who wouldn't go there, go to Miami? And another factor that a lot of people don't think is, like, in Miami, there's no – in Florida, there's no state tax. So he he wasn't getting taxed as much money. You know what I'm saying? There's no state tax in Georgia either, is there? Or there is? We got them for that. Okay. But yeah, like, you know what I mean? So it's, that's another thing was him going to Miami was like, he's really getting paid. Cleveland could offer a little more money, but he made up for it by staying or by leaving in Miami, yeah. uh, based off the state tax. A lot of people don't think about little stuff like that, but right. that's my thing with the Giannis deals. Like, it's a great deal. I think he should have took it regardless of whether he wanted out or not and, and give Milwaukee that chance. Give them the benefit of the doubt. They made some moves. They added Drew Holiday. Uh, the, the Bogdanovich trade didn't go through which was kind of a big deal. Um, and that kind of had everybody thinking that he might leave. Right. Do y'all think they have a shot at winning a championship this year? This right. year? I, I think they do. And, and I agree with your point on the loyalty thing because I do that that three years it has been a number that's been in my mind. Like, they're going to get three years. And if nothing happens, I think he'll want out also. You know, you win a championship, is all good. Yeah. But um, I, I do think – well, I won't say I think they can win the championship. I think they can get there uh, because they've already proven they can make a conference finals. You add Drew. So you you got – I do think Drew is an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's the best that they could do, but I do think he's an upgrade. Yeah. And the East is wide open. You can catch the net slipping this year with KD uh, coming back and trying to get into it. Uh, you know, of course, Miami is going to be a threat like they were last year. Yeah. And then uh, you got Boston and I would say like Philly. Because Toronto may take a step back, but having Giannis that still gives you a top three player in the conference. Uh, Chris Middleton should be one of the better players, also. So mm-hmm. I think it's set up there for them to try to make a run still to um, to get there. But I, I can't say for sure. I think they'll win the championship though yeah. this season. Yeah. I want um, to start with the loyalty point. I think it's more of a he trust. This is a trust contract. Mm-hmm. Like bringing in Drew, signing DJ Augustine, signing Bobby Porter, uh-huh. 
like say try to make the move for Bogdanovich, I think it's like okay, I trust y'all to that y'all gonna try, and you know, mm-hmm. I've been, so I will. You know, it's a little loyalty there. I think they need to make one. They should make one more move. I think them not going after either Serge Ibaka or Mark Gasol is gonna come back and hurt them in the playoffs when Brook Lopez kind of disappears as a defender and as a shooter. Yeah. So um, I think like. Um, brother said first said they can't go to the championship this year back to back 60 wins the current MVP uh, current defense player of the year but Bud was coach of the year two years ago so yeah. they know what they're doing is just getting to the playoffs and actually doing it now and like I said getting over that hump right begin to at least get into the championship yeah and that's kind of that's my biggest thing is is you know reverting back to like the LeBron situation he you know he stayed after his rookie contract stayed with that mega deal I'm going to give y'all a chance. It's a trust contract. I trust that me being a superstar, you know, um, he's the most important player in any sport uh, in the state of Wisconsin outside of Aaron Rodgers. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers and Giannis is the next big thing. So um, him and his Greek freak label and everything like that. So I definitely think that he should have, they earned the right to get that chance. They're a good team. Like you said, 60 plus wins uh, the past two seasons in a regular season. So they definitely are a team that, uh, how do you put it? They definitely are a team that has showed him that we're trying to win for him. We're in there. But yeah. I just, I keep going back to like, I think it's more of a three year deal. And once the three years hits, if there's no progress or other teams are passing them up, um, you know, like you said, you got Atlanta coming and they're young. So right. in yeah. two to three years, I think they're going to be a really great team. I think they will be a top three or four team in the East. You got Miami who makes moves and makes moves out of nothing. You never yeah. know what Miami's going to do and where they're going to be over the next three years. I don't think none. And I, I don't even know if they'll keep their roster intact How as now. I think they're going to look at possible, you know, they're a trade destined for Harden, which we'll get into. Yeah, you know, I know there was some interest in Bradley Bill if he becomes unhappy in Washington. There's still a few guys. Kawhi Leonard still could be aged as of right now. He's set to be a free agent in the offseason. So there's so many moves that like the Miami Heat could make, and if anybody could do it or convince a guy, there's definitely Pat Riley. The same way he convinced and sold LeBron on being there, and you know, so if there's a guy that could do it, it's him. So I think after three years, I won't be surprised if Milwaukee hasn't won a championship. I think he'll win out because at that point, Drew Holiday will be old. He'll be he'll kind of be older. Um, Chris Middleton will be older. Like if if they haven't won a championship with that team at that point, that means he can't get it done with Middleton, and it'll be. Can we make a free agent? Can we make anything in free agency? Right. Or ultimately, can we make a trade? But the biggest thing is being in Milwaukee, it's tough to get free agents. That's why they had to hit the trade market so tough and go for Drew Holiday and, you know, kind of go for Bogdanovich, even though it bots through, because nobody really wants to go to Milwaukee as a free agent. There's not a lot of cities that you're going to leave for Milwaukee, even for a championship, which yeah. is why you're seeing Serge Ibaka in L.A. with the Clippers. Uh, which is why, you know, Mark Gasol is in L.A. with the Lakers. Right. There's those teams, those cities. Uh, that's why Atlanta is starting to become, you know, people starting to realize it's starting to become the mega or mecca of the NBA also. Atlanta's a great city to be in, especially for these young guys. So right. I don't think from here on out they got their superstar in Trey Young. I don't think they'll have a problem with getting free agents also where yeah. Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, it's going to be tough to convince guys that cold weather, 
you know, little stuff like that does matter when you're pitching. And guys, think about that. Weather, weather becomes a factor. Yeah. Is this where my family wants to live and things like that? So, right. you know, I just think three years. And then if they do win a championship, he'll stay. And he'll probably retire as, in Milwaukee. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think Giannis is really chasing a legacy. He doesn't come off as the guy who's trying to be better than LeBron or Jordan. He just goes out there, works hard, and he's just trying to be the best player he can. So I don't think he's chasing six rings or – four or five rings after LeBron or three after Curry. Like he doesn't seem like he's kind of ring watching other guys, which is why he's, he decided to stay in Milwaukee. Um, if he were to leave Milwaukee in three years, what would that, what do you think that would mean for the franchise as a whole? I think it's, it's like a Kareem situation almost for them, mm. even though Kareem, you know, Kareem brought them a championship in, but they can never consistently put people around him. So he makes his way to LA and then he wins five, and I think L.A. would be a destination for Giannis also, L.A., Miami. Um, and it's kind of like starting over, but after three years, he I think it's only natural to consider your options because, yeah, we say now he's 26, three years, you're 29. You're kind of thinking about the end of your career, your next big deal. You don't want to keep losing, um, get not being able to make it. So three years for Milwaukee – it, it, I think about it kind of even like Dirk in Dallas. If Dallas never gets that one, does Dirk even stay there for his whole career? Because it's mm-hmm. tough to – even if you're not chasing five, six, it's tough not to chase that one. And as you get older, you see your window closing. And the East is only going to get better, honestly, at the top, at, at the minimum. Because Tatum is still young. KD and Kyrie, you think they're going to have a run for a couple of years. Atlanta is, is coming. Um, so – I mean, even Philly is still pretty, pretty young if if they get it together. So, yeah. you know, after yeah. three years, three years is a really important number there in um, Milwaukee. I would think it would be best for them to try to get as much as you. I mean, it's Giannis, so he's there's always going to be a market for him there. Yeah. But you don't want to try and trade him at 32, 33 or just let him walk away for nothing. So at yeah. 30, 29, 30 would be your best opportunity to move him if you don't win. It's all – contingent on them getting that championship, you know, and showing that they're going to keep getting better because it is very similar to the LeBron situation. Really good team, small market, playing with maybe the best player in the league, top five player in the league, and you just can't get people to come to Milwaukee. I mean, who's moving to Milwaukee? Exactly. (laughs) It's not happening. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's and that's that's the biggest thing is like it's gonna be hard in free agency and you know if they're not winning championships or, or showing up to the finals, then a guy like Chris Middleton his value depreciates because right, at the yeah. end of the day, like there's not gonna be a lot of people if he's not that he's the second option. Even with Drew Holiday there, I think Chris Middleton is still the second guy. But I yeah. think that's kind of the biggest problem with Milwaukee is with them trading with Drew Holiday, I think if Middleton or Holiday is your third best player, you have a championship team. Or you, Especially now where we don't have the three superstars creating big threes right now. It's duos and who can you lean on as your third option. And I think Middleton and Holiday both fit in the category of if that's my third option, I have a championship team. But one of them has to be the second, and one of them going to have to be the third. I think Middleton's going to remain the, the second option, and I think Drew Holiday will fit perfectly in his role as being the third option. But it will, as they start getting older, you know, Drew Holiday's, what, 30, 31 right now. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's about 30, 31. And not everybody's going to have a prime of LeBron where in year 18, 
at 36, 37 years old, they're still at the top of their game, right. arguably the best player in the league, definitely a top five player in the league, hands down. So, you know, it's just it's so many things that Milwaukee does have to do, and it puts pressure on Giannis. Giannis yeah. is a guy that needs to win a championship. Um, MVP, you know, a two-time MVP, back-to-back MVP, you got to win a championship. Ultimately, yeah. uh, to be considered the MVP twice, it was the same pressure on Curry, especially when Curry was the unanimous MVP. You wow. got to win a championship. When you deemed the MVP the most valuable player, you slowly start to become the face of the league, and they're looking for a face of the league to kind of phase out or phase in as LeBron phases out. Because exactly. even though at his age, he's still the face of the league, but eventually LeBron's going to be out, and there has to be somebody, a face that they could put on to basically represent the NBA as the solidified best player in the league. Yeah. Right. And then even for Giannis, that's just the Eastern Conference you have to worry about. In the West, you still got to worry about a young Luka. Who knows what Zion becomes because uh, they seem like they have some stuff in New Orleans. So um, it's, they got to keep getting – they got to definitely keep getting better in Milwaukee yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, definitely – Covering the Giannis situation, I just felt like I had to, even though I know y'all boys covered it this morning. But what I want to swing into next is that Houston, we have a problem. James Harden <laughs> wants out. Um, even though he showed up and he played uh, last night, Harden wants out. Um, and I, I think the only toughest thing for me with this whole Houston situation is Harden doesn't have leverage. He has another right. two years yeah. on his contract. They don't have to trade him. They don't have to rush, and they don't have to settle in value. You know, he said at first it was what? He only wanted to go to the Nets. Well, they're also asking for a little too much from the Nets. You knew they weren't giving up KD or Kyrie without even having played a game together. Them boys haven't played a game together, and you're asking for one of those players. You're not going to get them. And plus, I mean, I could get Kyrie for Harden, but you're losing value. Like, you're really trading down. Kyrie is a great player, don't get me wrong, but he is no James Harden. James Harden is a top five player in the league. He's the best scorer in the NBA right now. Um, and even with Philly, I think Philly has the best trade package. But before we go into, like, kind of who could make the best trade package, what do y'all think about the Harden situation? Um, Just what I've been reading, because I've been reading another story about, you know, how they had an extra day. They had to stay in the city if it was like Phoenix or L.A. So he mm-hmm. could hang out and party. I think it's, this is what happens once you've been somewhere for so long and it's like the team has done everything they could do for you. You've done as much as you can do. It just – you just have to go sometimes. And I know he probably would love to stay in Houston, not just for basketball, just because Houston's a great city to live in. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of at the end. He's, what, 32? 32. So it's like we've seen you get right there and you couldn't do it. You've had some of the worst, like Houston as a team has had some of the worst meltdowns in NBA playoff history. The 0 and 6, you know, the 16 th- straight threes, the turnovers, the Manu Ginobili block shot. So it's like hard to see is getting stagnant. I think Houston want to push one last time with him because he still is the best scorer until KD's 100% healthy. So you just kind of keep going. You know, you try to retool the team signing Christian Woods, um, DeMarcus Cousins trained for John Wall. So you would like to at least see if maybe it works. You know, y'all can have third seed, fourth seed. I don't really have them making the playoffs, but I think they are right there. It's just getting stagnant now because we can't get to a championship. Right, yeah, yeah. And Houston, I think it is tough because, like you said, you come into this year thinking 
because we know the bubble has a lot of people thinking, dang, our chance really kind of got messed up with the missing of the season. Then some people came back hurt. And then immediately get into the offseason, uh, you think you're going with Westbrook and Harden. Westbrook wants out. I think they made a pretty good deal flipping Westbrook into flipping Westbrook into John Wall, especially if he's healthy. But so you're expecting James is going to be on board, though. You've been building with him the last seven, eight years or whatever. Um, so it was surprising to me that he wanted out, but not at the same time because, like you say, even with the Giannis situation, you do kind of have to get to a point, I think, where you just like, even though the the organization is built around James or whatever, you do kind of think maybe it's not going to happen here. That kind of got to go through your head, I guess. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's at that point because it seems like he's going to do whatever <laughs> he can to get out. And yeah. He doesn't have the le- the leverage, as you said. He does have two years on his deal, but I can see him thinking, like, man, I'm 32. My deal is up in two years. If I win a championship, maybe that gives me more value to get another decent deal also because he he, he doesn't – I would think he still wants to play another six to eight years. So you still want to get another decent contract on top of competing also. And your value stays up as you win it. So I can yeah. see he wants out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is, like, with the whole situation is I think Harden could go about it a little bit different, yeah. um, you know, a little more professional, but whatever, you know, stars do run the league. That's how the NBA goes. The stars kind of, they, they want out, they'll get out um, eventually. But yeah. I do think, I think that team can work. And I, they, I feel like they put some pieces where if healthy, I think that Houston team is arguably the fourth or fifth best team in the Western conference healthy. If I get a healthy John wall back, I have a healthy boogie. I got Christian Wood. I have James Harden. I still have PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. Um, Gerald Green is still in Houston. He's not right. the biggest deal of being there, but ultimately he's another role player, your eighth or ninth yeah. guy, you know, fourth or fifth option off the bench. So they, they have a lot of, they have some talent. Daniel House. Yeah, like yeah, Houston yeah. has a nice team to where they could do something, but I, them being the fourth or fifth best team in the West, I just don't think it'll be enough ultimately to win a championship. And uh, yeah. the, my only thing with Houston is I think they've done every they've done everything Harden has asked of them up to this point. So yeah. for Harden to kind of treat the organization like they've left him out to dry and shafted him of a championship, he wanted another player. He wanted Chris Paul. They got Chris Paul. Him and Russell Westbrook wanted to play together. They go get Russ. Like it's been things like that. He's had Dwight Howard. Um, when Dwight Howard was what we would say is in his prime, yeah. Um, right after Orlando, and and it didn't work out in LA. He had Dwight Howard. They had grabbed Carmelo Anthony. Like they've made a lot of moves for like Houston's made a lot of moves to say, look, we've done everything we can, and this team, as constructed, is like, look, you just gotta level up and be the superstar. Right, Harden right. levels up and be the soup becomes is the soup remains the superstar. Like I said, you have John Wall, Boogie, Daniel House. They have a nice roster built around James Harden. It's just yeah. up to him. And you know, y'all said Houston has had some of the biggest meltdowns um in NBA history in the playoffs, but so has James Harden as a superstar. Yeah. Like he's had meltdowns, and it seems like he'll come in the first round and he'll kill in the first round. But the deeper they get in the playoffs, he slowly fades away. Yeah. until that like Western conference finals and he doesn't play bad the whole conference finals. Right. And it's like they're up to one and like you need him to capitalize or it's two to two and you need him to be that guy in game five and he fades. He, he, yeah. he doesn't make anything. He's turning the ball over. He's not making plays. 
So that's my biggest thing with Houston. I feel like they've done their job. Harden needs to do his job, just go out there and play. You have no leverage. But with that, of all the teams on his list, where do you think would be the most likely destination? Who do you think could put together the best trade package to get James Harden? Best trade package? Yeah. Um, I like the one you actually brought up earlier. We talked about uh, off camera. We talked about uh, well, uh, obvious destination is Miami because Pat Riley, oh, yeah. this is what he does. He uh, was his free agent. He has access to put some stuff together. Uh, like a dark horse team is Denver for me. Uh, it was a package we talked about earlier oh, yeah. around uh, uh, Michael Porter, Gary Harris. Yeah, and and Denver that could get him an extra job. Um, but uh, Miami, Denver, and uh, I know everyone goes to Philly, but I just can't see Philly including Ben Simmons. I think they've been real no on making that happen. <laughs> um, but if Philly wanted to involve Ben or Joel, I think they're a go. Um, but those are three teams I like: uh, Miami, Philly. And then Denver as like a dark horse. Yeah, I think Miami because I know they want young stars and picks, but I think Miami has the best players to go with the team they have already. If you can get, if you can figure out a way, because you have to include either Tyler or Duncan Robinson, if not both. And if you get one of them, that's a certified shooter with John Wall coming off a pick, um, Boogie out the out the post. But I think them, like say Denver, because you get a young. A player who you think is a young star, Michael Porter Jr., um, Gary Harris, who's a great 3 and D guy who plugs in well next to John Wall. And I think – I want to say it was a pick or either bowl, bowl. It probably was a pick. You get a first-round pick from Denver. You get one – you get a pick back, which you sent to um, – was it OKC? From Russ? Yeah. So, you could – I think Denver and Miami <clears throat> could have the best packages, especially since, like, say, Ben Simmons is a no-go for Philly. Katie and Kyrie is a no-go in Brooklyn. And uh, I don't know with Milwaukee what traded five draft picks for Drew Holiday. Yeah, three and two swaps. Yes. Yeah. They really don't have anything to trade right now other than Giannis, and we know that's not going to happen. Yeah, for Milwaukee, it would have to be like Middleton, a lot of second-round picks, yeah. and like Devin Chenzoff, like that kids is done <laughs> for James Harden. Um, yeah. Point. And maybe another team uh, that we saw, I, I think they were on his list, I'm not sure, but Boston, if they were interested in maybe doing something with Jalen Brown, um, because I don't think Jason Tatum then chance he goes anywhere. Um so and Boston typically has assets. That's what Danny Ainge loves to collect. So they, yeah. they might be able to make something happen. Yeah, I think so I'm on the Philly trade. I think it just makes sense for both teams. Um and almost basically a harden for Simmons straight up or harden for Simmons in the first round pick. Um because I think Simmons needs to change the scenery. I don't think it's gonna do it. Now they do have rivers and, you know, I definitely think he's a better coach or he'll at least focus as a developmental coach for Ben Simmons a lot better than Brett Brown did. I think it was just time for Brett Brown to go. Philly kind of underachieved these past couple years. Having Simmons and Embiid, and then you added it with Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford. Like, you had a team where on paper, Philly had one of the best teams on paper as far as you look at their first four to five guys. Their starting five was ridiculous to have Horford and Embiid Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, and Ben Simmons, on paper, that's one of the best starting fives in the league, if not the best starting five in the league, talent-wise. But sometimes talent doesn't always fit together. I think there's an issue with um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and they just they just signed two centers. Houston just signed two centers. We're going with Boogie and grabbing Christian Wood, who he's power forward center. But 
I don't think they're interested in Joel Embiid, and I think it would be a good fit. I don't know. I don't think it'll change much. I don't think Simmons and Wall would fit. Seems like at this time, Wall just want to play ball. That's it. And take a step back or in his role, if he has to, he just seems like he's excited to be back on the court, and he'll do whatever, whatever's play basketball. So, um, ultimately, I think Philly will be a good destination. I don't think Miami will be a good destination for either team. Uh, I'm a huge Heat fan, but I'm starting to catch the vibe. I think Tyler Hero is becoming a little overrated already. Um, he came into the bubble, and uh, yeah. I love my Miami Heat, but a lot of things that the Heat reached the finals, I don't think they reached the finals if they don't go bubble style. If the season had never shut down and continued, yeah. I don't know if the Heat reached the NBA finals. Um, they were a bad road team. So that was going to make a difference playing in Milwaukee on the road. I think they still would have got past Milwaukee, but it would have made a huge difference playing in Boston. Uh, yeah. you know how, you know how crazy that, you know how crazy that crowd can get come playoff yeah. time. So, you know, in the garden, I don't know if they would have made it past that. And also the bubble was built for a team with Miami's talent and mentality. You know, yeah. just, it was all about just go out there and play ball and be a dog. And they have plenty of that with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, a guy who's constantly gotten better and turned himself into an all-star and possibly in two years could be a borderline up-and-coming superstar. Uh, you got Jimmy like Jimmy Butler. We know what he is. He's a dog. He's going to get after it regardless. You take the fans out of it. And, I'm, and, and Tyler Hero stepped up, and he played really well in the bubble. But, like, a lot of these superstars are, are soon-to-be superstars have hit sophomore slumps, second-year slumps. Jason yeah. Tatum did it. You know, they went game seven. Easter Conference Finals his rookie year. Balling. He kind of seemed like he took a step back his second year. And we were like, man, where's the J? A lot of, I know I was like, man, where's the Jason Tatum? We seen like, you expect him to take that step up because he raised the bar so high. Tyler Hero has set the bar very high for himself. Yeah. And it's almost like he's starting to turn into a social media, like, unobtainable bar. Like, and it reminds me a lot of like, he's not Odell Beckham. But it reminds me a lot of Odell Beckham with the catch. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you take away the catch, how how are we valuing Odell Beckham? Like that catch put him on the map. That catch made him a star, a social yep. media icon. All the commercials yep. after that, you know, he's in rapper songs. He's hanging with his best friend becomes Drake after that. But you take away Odell Beckham's three finger catch, and how great is he? You look at his numbers. Odell's an above average wide receiver. I think Tyler Hero could start hitting the same, the same thing. And like, you know, he might be an above average player. He's a really good player, a, a top role player, but they're treating him like he's an all star already. Like he's made our game. Yeah. Um, so I don't think a trade package coming out of Miami where your best player is Tyler Hero and you're going to have to give up Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson and possibly Kendrick Nunn. Cause Jimmy Buckets and Bam out of Bio are untouchables. All these nice. teams have their untouchables set. So with Miami, you're not getting Bam and getting Jimmy Butler. And I still don't think a trade package of like if Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson is enough for Houston. But if that's what Houston asked for, if I'm Miami, I pull the trigger on that trade package because <laughs> I won't Harden. But I just I'm not so high on Tyler Hero as everybody else is. Uh, Denver could be another good one. I do like that one, but I think the Nets have a strong p- trade package without Kyrie or KD. No, I definitely. You give up it. a lot, but yeah, you know, you Levert, up. Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, possibly in in a couple picks. 
I think that'd be enough to get James hard. And then that puts a lot of pressure, but that'd be a nice big three. I don't think they fit that well. I don't think the fit of Kyrie Harden and KD is the greatest, but they could put a nice trade package and Houston could remain competitive without, you know, with, with giving James Harden. If you have a John Wall, a Karis LeVert, a Spencer Dinwiddie, you add depth to Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and then you have DeMarcus Cousins and Wood, I think they'll be really good, especially if, like I said, I think Houston's success has a lot to do on Boogie and John Wall being healthy. Because yeah, if they are healthy, we know those are all-star players, borderline right. all-star players. So I do think, like, the Nets could give a really great package. I just don't see him coming to Miami. Like, I think that's the least likely yeah. team on his list outside of Milwaukee because they can't trade Drew Holiday until the trade deadline. I just don't think – if I'm Houston, a trade package with Tyler Hero is the best player, no matter how many you give. Uh, yeah, that's not the best. That's not the best you can do. Yeah. Right, like, and that's my. This is James Harden. Like, look at what Paul George. Look at what the Clippers had to give up for Paul George. You know, right. like you said, look at what Milwaukee had to give up for Drew Holiday. And I think that's making it tougher to trade James Harden because Paul George is no Harden. You right. know, he's not even at the same table as Harden. Drew Holiday is not even sitting at the same. He don't even have a, he don't have a place in the room compared to Harden. And he's giving up five first round picks, three players, and, and half your team for Paul George. You know, you gave up your whole future, uh, being the Clippers for Paul George. So I yeah. think that's going to demand a lot. And that's why I think the Nets have the strongest trade package because I like a package where it's Dinwiddie, Lavert, um, Jared Allen, and a couple first-round picks or three first-round picks, I like that trade package to be the strongest to get Harden out of Houston for the simple fact, you know, you still could be competitive with that team. As constructed, remove yeah. Harden and replace him with all those guys. That's a competitive team. That's a playoff yeah. team in my eyes. That's a playoff team. Yeah. We've seen what Kurt did in the bubble. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's my biggest thing. Do y'all agree with the Miami situation? I do agree with the Miami one. This is just one I've been saying around, and people, you know, they're 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 high on Pat Riley, so they, you know, we all know he can make a deal. But I agree with the Nets because with Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and Jared Allen, you're getting three starters pretty much. One of them may come off the bench, depending on like maybe Jared Allen comes off the bench, but you're getting three starters. I just think Houston, knowing that the Nets is his first option, and trying not to make another super team, they're gonna try their hardest not to trade him to the yeah, Nets. But Miami, yeah, I, I agree with Tyler Hero. The bubble kind of exploded him, but mm-hmm. starting in the finals kind of exposed how far he still needs to go, honestly. Um, and while he's a good player, once he started in the finals, I saw less of the post that he's the next Devin Booker or whatever. Right. So uh, Miami would have to, a long way to go with that package, or you're going to have to give up a lot of picks to get him. Um, so with the Nets, you are getting a, a strong team back still and, and, and still could fight for the playoffs. So the Nets could put together a good package. It's just a matter of how stubborn will Houston be as far as not trying to send this man to his preferred destination, creating another super team. And it, it, I think the, what they get back from the Nets, they'll be able to mesh it better with their team than the Nets would getting harder. Not necessarily KD, because I think KD could fit with anyone just because he plays in the offense, but Harden and Kyrie are both very ball dominant. So that's where you got to kind of figure out how, how do they work. Yeah. Um, but I think they would take it if if uh, if Houston said, all right, give us those three and a couple picks. I think the Nets would jump at it. 
But yeah, it's gonna be tough for Miami because maybe you consider Bam last year, but Bam isn't going anywhere. Yeah, Bam, yeah Bam, and, and on top of that, I don't think, and that's that. I think both ways it doesn't work. I don't think Harden fits the Heat culture. Uh, when we got yeah, Jimmy I'm Butler, sure. you know, when we grabbed Jimmy Butler, I said that's perfect. That type of guy. When we had D Wade for all those years, you know, outside of when we went and got the big three. They have the culture. LeBron fitted at that point in time, too. LeBron was just a dog. Nobody's going to pass up signing the best player in the league. At the very least, whether LeBron fits your culture or not, right. he was the best player in the league, and you was teaming no, you him up with D-Wade, who was a top-five player in the league. you talking about Chris Bosh, who was a top-two to three power forward in the league. Right, He right. was right in there. He was three or four right there behind Duncan, yeah. KG, and Dirk, and then you had Chris Bosh. And, yep. you know, Chris Bosh with the dreads was something crazy in Toronto. And yep. so that's my biggest thing is I don't think he fits their because, you know, the, the things about him going to train in Vegas on their off days and go party. That's not Pat Riley's having none of that. Like Pat exactly. Riley will he will get rid of you as fast as he brought you in. If you start bringing problems, he doesn't play that. And that's why I feel like Jimmy Butler was perfect. Bam's mentality and his development is perfect because Miami Heat are the best, if, if not the best, one of the best organizations in developing talent, which is why Tyler Hero is now a household name after his rookie year because of development in Miami. Kendrick Nunn, an undrafted rookie out of o Oakland that went to Oakland all four years. Nobody knew who he was. He's, he's become a name that's very familiar in the world because of player development. Bam Adebayo now being an all-star and getting a super, a future superstar contract along with Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, yep. and those type type of guys is all development. Nobody thought, and with me being the biggest Heat fan, I did not think Bam at 14 that year. I was like, nah, I feel like there were some guys left on the board that we could have did better than right. Bam. But now I'm looking like, man, Bam, all around player. But that's why I feel like also the Heat was so successful in the bubble. The way the team, it was meant that atmosphere was meant for a team like that. And like yeah. I said, with everybody kind of already, whether they've said it or not, having their untouchables, and, and Fresh brought it up. I think it was Fresh Boston. Boston yeah. could put a nice package together too because you could put Jalen Brown and Kimball Walker, you know, with getting rid of Gordon Hayward, you still could have like Jalen Brown, Kimball Walker, and some picks. And that could be a, that could possibly, if Houston gets desperate, that could be enough for Houston to go ahead and pull that trigger. You know Jalen Brown, he's a borderline all-star. Uh, if he uh, yeah. went to Houston, he could become like next year. He could be an all-star player. Kimball Walker, yeah. we know what he is. He, he's slowly diminishing, but he's still Kimball Walker. He still could score 30 at any given point in time. He's still uh -huh. a veteran leader. Having him in at the guard position or, you know, bringing John Wall off the bench, I'm not sure if he'd want to do that. But like I said, it just seemed like he want to play ball. That would also be a very well possibility, and we know Jason Tatum is the untouchable in Boston. Right. You know, he yeah. just signed that extension. He's going nowhere. So yeah. that, those were good trade scenarios. But where would you most trade scenario side, bias the side, outside the team, where would you want to see Harden at the most? Ooh, Harden at the most. Oh, that's a tough Honestly, one. I would like to see him in Brooklyn. Yeah. i like to see him, KD, yeah. and Kyrie together. i like to see how they make it work. Um. And that would be a beast in the East. I think they'd be on a collision course for, for LeBron and AD. And I'd love to see that finals. Yeah, sure. that would be. I think I would like to see him in Denver. I think him and I think him, Yogi, and Jamal Murray 
would work perfect together because they, they, they need that one player that can always get a bucket. Well, we've seen Jamal Murray do it in the bubble and in the playoffs. I don't think he's averaging 30 in the regular season. Like He's not just getting 52 games. He's not getting 52 every other night. So if you can get a player like that who can get their own bucket to work off Joe, work off Jokic, who we know is also a low maintenance, basically an all star player, I think Denver would be right back in the conference finals, if not the finals, if they could figure out a way to get James Harden. Yeah, and my surprise, like what for what I would say, I would say I'd like to see James Harden in Chicago. Um, I just think like I, I'm not a Bulls fan. Or nothing like that. I just think like Harden in Chicago for the next couple. Chicago needs a star. Like they have Zach Levine or whatever, but like they need a star, and it will make Chicago to that irrelevant, that relevant brand again. So like I don't know why, but I'd like to see James Harden in Chicago. Or my second pick would be the Knicks. Um, and I know Chris would love to hear that, but my biggest thing was like I wanted to see Russell Westbrook get traded to the Knicks when it was a possibility. I think they need a superstar. Like, I feel like X or a team, they need a superstar in New York. Brooklyn's kind of over that brand, taking over the area as far as being the go-to team. So I just want – I would like to see Harden next, maybe get another star player next year to come with them. I don't know. But even still, if the Knicks have a superstar and can become relevant again, those were the great times of basketball when the Knicks were relevant, when the Bulls were relevant. You know, there was nothing like playing. It means everything now to play in Madison Square Garden. Even though right. it's really turned into you you put your place in history on they're keeping track of the most points scored in Madison Square Garden by opponents. And right. that's a record people are going for. Like, that's a huge accomplishment at this point. And it's been like that over the past 20 years. So I'd like to see the Knicks get somebody, get a superstar, and make basketball in New York great again. It, it's over to, like, and, but I would love for the Knicks to be great again. So I'd like to see the brands of the Bulls kind of re-up and start becoming big time in the NBA. And I think with the Bulls, too, having a player like Zach Levine, they actually can pull the trigger with some. Maybe you add Lori Markin yeah, in. Yeah. Um, or Wendell. A, or Wendell, a couple picks. I think the Bulls could actually pull that trade off, honestly. Yeah, another thing is I think if he's – if the Bulls got interested and he said I'd be willing to go to the Bulls, I think they could pull a trade package. Like I said, I think Brooklyn's the the they got the most to offer outside yeah. of their untouchables. If you look at every team's untouchables, outside of their untouchables, they have the most to offer, best package. But I think if it came to Chicago, nobody would be untouchable. They just wouldn't give up yeah. everybody. You know, but I don't think like Levine would be untouchable. I don't think marketing is untouchable. And that's my thing is like all these other teams, they have their bona fide stars, the guys they're building around. The Bulls don't. They negotiate with Houston with any on the table from marketing, you know, who's kind of underachieved up to this point. Wendell Carter, Zach Levine, you could get two of those three guys, take your pick. I'm sure if I was to go with having Kobe White, you know, and maybe the Bulls pull off without having to give up Zach Levine and then about having him and Harden, I think with having Kobe White, they'll be more willing to give up Zach Levine for yeah. Harden, like Zach Levine, Laurie Mark, a few picks. And I just, I think that brand of the Bulls, like it, it just make the NBA better. If, when the Bulls are great, you know, when, when the Knicks are great, the NBA just becomes that much better. Just like look at how much better it is. The Lakers are great again. Like they got LeBron AD. In between that time from Kobe leaving and even towards the from injuries on up until they on, 
the Lakers were irrelevant. When those brands are like the Lakers, the Knicks, you know, where all the media is, when there's not a lot of hype there, the Clippers were relevant. You had Lob City, and it still was never going to be like the Lakers. You know, they still haven't overtaken that city, even with getting Kawhi George. So if I could see Harden go anywhere, I'd want to get traded to the Knicks or the Bulls. Yeah. But, you know, enough of boxing. So now I just want to get into a little preview. Um, the biggest questions entering the season or what you're most excited about. So John, I'm gonna let you go. You a couple questions or what you want to see, but what's, what are you, what are your biggest concerns and what you're looking forward to come this NBA season? Um, first I'm looking forward to see the, the, what step John Morant takes going into his second year. Does he hit that wall or does he keep building from his rookie season where he almost had him in the playoffs? I know they start the season with Jaron Jackson out due to an injury. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, I think it was his, either his knee or his ankle. But does John Morant pick up the slack for not having Darren Jackson there? Does Brandon Clark step up? Does um, Dylan Brooks prove that he's a quality 3 and D player? Um, does Valanchunas show his value as a double-double guy, guy mm-hmm. out there? I think Memphis has a lot because I think people, because of Zion, New Orleans is taking that step for everybody in everybody's minds right now. But Memphis finished off the season in a better position than New Orleans did. So that yeah. – and I want to see what Portland does. They made – Portland probably had one of the busiest offseason, really retooling that team, um, bringing in De- with Derek White Jr., um, Robert Covington, re-signing Melo, bringing Enos Kattner back, Harry Giles. I wish they would have signed a, point, a backup point guard for Dane because he needs somebody to – a reliable backup there. I wish they would have signed Rondo when he came to the Hawks. Mm-hmm. But I want to see if Portland can get back to a home court advantage team. That's a good pick with uh, uh, Memphis. I was actually watching John, one of my favorite players to watch. Um, I feel like he's gonna he is gonna take a good jump this year. He, my favorite player of all time is Allen Iverson, and Ja has so much Allen Iverson in him to me. Just the excitement he brings to the game. I think a lot of kids are gonna like want to emulate the way he plays his layups. The crossovers, Josh game is exciting. So I, I like that yeah. choice. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Fresh. Oh, yeah. But the team, a team I'm looking for is uh, that I kind of thought of earlier is the Lakers. For for one, I'm kind of on the LeBron watch. I'm not really LeBron, Jordan, Jordan GOAT conversation because I think Jordan is the GOAT. But LeBron is, is Asian in a sense like Jordan did in his career. And I think LeBron – I'm interested to see if he's going to be motivated. It's going to be a short season. I think once he's into the season, it's going to be hard for him not to play, knowing he's at the end of his career. Mm. And I think he could push for MVP if he wanted to. Uh, honestly, I don't mm. know how motivated he's going to be, obviously, to do that. But I, I'm interested to see their dominance. They they have one of the best teams on paper, but they do have a lot of new pieces there also. But mm-hmm. I do know a lot of people are going to mm. pick the Lakers. Um, but you are meshing a new team. How does LeBron and Schroeder work? Uh, Wes Matthews, you get trash on the other side. I love them getting Mark Gasol. But those are a lot of new teammates. Um, and you lose a lot of important pieces that played last year. Danny Green was a starter. Rondo was a starter. I know he didn't play in the bubble, but Avery Bradley was a starter. Um, so I'm interested to see the Lakers for sure. Uh, they're experimenting in Philly. Um, I like what I saw with them the other night, but – I think it's the telling year because if it's not going how you want it, I can see Joel and Ben getting broke up 
by trade deadline. That's if it's not going in the right direction. If it works, they stay together. Let's go try to win the championship. But if it doesn't, which one of those is the odd man out? And another question for me this year is Boston uh, conference finals last year, right? Got mm-hmm. uh, conference three finals three of the last four years. Brad Stevens has been on the verge of being, is he the best coach? Is he just a good coach? Um, Danny Ainge, when does these assets turn into a championship? And Boston is starting the season kind of weird with Kimba being hurt and um, things like that. He's an important piece you lost Gordon Hayward. So some of the heavy hitters this year are, I, I like to see, I want to see what they're going to do. Um, how does the, how do their team mesh? And just the urgency for these guys, even though they're young, because it's crazy to think Jason Tatum year four, and we're like, why you haven't been to the finals yet? <laughs> but he's been to three conference finals. So is this a year, you know, he, he takes that jump. So, um, the, the the lead teams this year, I think they still have some things to prove. Like I said, even with the Lakers being the champion and bringing in so many new pieces, it's like you don't you don't want to count out LeBron again, but you have a lot of new teammates, so I, I want to see them build that chemistry for sure. Yeah. So going into the season, two things I'm most excited for uh, is Phoenix. I, I want to see the act of Chris Paul – because, you know, he they're not going to win a championship, and that's obvious. But I think, like, if Chris Paul, obviously at this point, I don't think he cares about championship because he hasn't really, you know, he picked Houston, but then, you know, uh, he went to Phoenix. I don't right. think the championship is what he didn't see. Picked OKC like he was in OKC, got traded to OKC. But what he did in OKC and what he could do in Phoenix could leave a bigger impact as his legacy was gonna mention yeah. a guy like Chris Paul probably should have he should have a ship like he's a guy we want to see have a championship but yeah. he never was like isn't what LeBron or he was never in the category with LeBron Kobe D Wade but yeah. at the same time like he was always trailing behind those guys so like right. he was always in the shadow and people forget like Chris Paul is the point god like that was his nickname yeah. you know he and he earned it um yeah. I personally think I personally think point guard wise, if we're just talking true point guards, I think Chris Paul, the best point guard in the league, but people will look at it. You got to look at it. I'm going with the style of point guard play. It's changed with how Kyrie and Steph and Westbrook and now Harden playing point. But I like Chris Paul and I like LeBron James. Like, I think those are two of the best point guards in the league. As far as what we're used to a typical point guard being managing the game, slowing down the game in the court better making plays for guys around us you know lebron as great a score as he is he has his moments where he's the first guy and sometimes that's got him criticized you know when you go back lebron passed that ball to a wide open george hill he gets fouled he like basketball play he made a point guard a high iq player play but he got criticized because he didn't shoot it because could have shot it jordan would have shot it but, like, do you think Magic Johnson would have shot that shot? You know what I mean? Right. Like, Magic is also one of the greatest. That's That's but would he have shot that shot? No, he would have made that pass. He would have made that right play. Yeah. And so I think Chris Paul, I want to see if he can do what he did in OE and what he did back in the day when he was with Newell's and then when he, when he went to the Clippers. If he could do that with Phoenix also, his legacy will be, like, he's just a guy that ups the level of everybody around him. Like, just imagine, That's look right. what he did to Shy Gilgis Alexander. I all agree Devin's a lot better than but he's better than Gilgis Alexander. Imagine yeah. if like he has Devin Booker up his game 
the way Gilgis Alexander did. Devin Booker yeah. going to be a borderline superstar. I think that pick and roll, I'm excited to, you know, I want him to see elevate the Aiden. Aiden's been a little bit of a dim. He's still a good player. But to be the number one pick, you know, the stakes are high to be a future star, and we haven't seen that from him. Luka Doncic was in your draft as well. Like, right. Yeah. And Trey, so yeah. Luka and Trey, yeah. yeah. But still, it's still one of those, you you said, with Luka and Trey being right. in that up. draft, you got picked ahead of those guys, and it looks right. like a bad pick right now. And it may always remain to be a bad pick because Trey Young is second coming to Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic reminds us of, like, a young yeah. LeBron minus the athleticism. <laughs> like, he, right. like LeBron does now, minus, you know, minus the athleticism. So there, there's a lot for Aiden to do, but I think he's going to benefit with Chris Paul. Chris Paul's already teaching Devin Booker. They've been in the lab together every day yeah. since he arrived at Phoenix. Great legacy for him. It'll kind of focus everybody away from him winning championships. Like, okay, he didn't win championships, but look at his impact everywhere he went. Like the Clippers, Clippers had a team. They could have went to the finals if it wasn't for the Warriors. I believe the Clippers could have made a finals if it wasn't. But the Warriors was the team that just had their number. They had everybody's number. But the Clippers at one point were like the second best team in the Western Coast. And they were primetime TV playing against the, the Warriors. Any play, they just they couldn't get past the Warriors. You know, that stopped them. I think Chris Paul could have took Lob City ultimately to the NBA Finals. I don't know if they win the championship, but yeah. I do think they could have went to the Finals. And people forget how good in the it's like people forget about that team with Tyson Chandler and David West and him and Chandler running that pick and roll and the way yeah. Chris Paul was just running that office and how great he was at West. Like there's so much that you can focus on Chris Paul. You don't worry about winning the championship. And he's already sent the message by being in Phoenix. Um, he probably, he got, he could have forced whatever he could have went anyway. He could force his trade yeah. to the Lakers. You know, there was some talk getting the banana boat crew together, uh, having Melo leave Portland and go to LA and ultimately, Chris Paul did this, so I think he's interested in jumping on the beam and winning the championship. He'd rather get it out the mud. And just imagine if Gilgis Alexander and um, Devin Booker come top five players in the league, guards in the league, three to four years. It's going to have everything to do with Paul, Paul. doing that. And that will be one of those. He, he develops talent. He gets around these younger guys, and he's a true star and leader, and he ultimately makes – these guys stars. You know, Devin Booker is an all-star. He's one of the most underrated players in the league in my eyes as far as his value. Devin Booker is third, fourth best shooting guard in the league. And people act yeah. like he's only like the 10th best. Devin Booker is a killer. And then Gilgis Alexander Central, where he can reach that same stand. Now he gets to take over, take what Chris Paul put him on, and lead his own team. Thunder not going to be any good, but he gets that chance to take that development Chris Paul gave him and becoming the best player on the team. So I'm yeah. definitely looking forward to Chris Paul's impact in Phoenix. And I'm looking forward to two things out of the Easter Conference, and it's the Atlanta Hawks. I want to see what the Atlanta Hawks are going to do. Uh, they improved a lot. Trey Young is a star. They've put talent around him. They brought yeah. Rondo in, and Rondo isn't the same caliber as Chris Paul. He never has been. Yeah. But I think the the Rondo being as the veteran and backup point guard for Atlanta he made like could be key. People forget what Rondo did in Chicago when he was a starting point guard in Chicago with Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade. They if he never went down, they probably beat the Celtics that year when they had Isaiah Thomas. So you know that, that people do forget about that. Rondo has been that dude. 
He's just not the name or the style of play as Chris Paul. Chris Paul's facilitator. He's the defender, but he's not the scorer. Chris Paul. He didn't come in the household name like some of these guys do. So I'm interested in what Atlanta's gonna do because I have high hopes for them. I think they're a playoff team this year. Whether they barely make, I think they can make it seven, eight, just because I don't expect them to put all that talent together this year and just mesh and be perfect, especially under the circumstance. People probably catch COVID at some point during the season, so there's so much to hit on that. And I want to see if Miami can prove my theory about my own team wrong. Because I, think, yeah. I don't think team in the Easter Conference, and like I'm a Heat fan, but I got to be real, I don't think they're the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. I think it's Milwaukee. Once again, the best regular season team. And I think Brooklyn might even be ahead of them. Kyrie and KD are healthy. I think they might even be ahead of them as far as the team to beat. Brooklyn's the better right. team. And, you know, I, I, I discussed it earlier. I think Miami, because it's the finals, benefited on that. And not there, and they just went out there with their dogs, that dog mentality, that go get it, and that works perfect under that circumstance, especially when there were a few guys around the league and some teams that didn't even want to be there. And yeah, Miami right. car and ball out there, but like, I want to see if they prove my theory wrong. And can they be the best to conference during the regular season? Can they go to the conference? Because I think the bar is set. Anything less than the conference finals, I don't care how good Brooklyn is. I don't care how good Milwaukee ends up being. You were the best team in the East. You went to the finals. Anything short of a conference finals is kind of like, this is probably what I was talking about. You know, I don't know if they make it. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure in Miami, but I hope they prove me wrong. But I definitely... I just want to see, are the Heat those guys? Is Tyler Hero going to take that next step? And the guy that we've already made him out to be on social media and everything like that because of Hager and all that, we've made him to be this star right. player. <laughs> social media, Instagram has done it. You know, the females are in love with him. They've done it as far as making him the superstar. He's the next LeBron James. So is he going to make that improvement? Is Kendrick Nunn going to fit back into the system you know, all the questions within the Heat organization, I'm looking forward to seeing when they answers how that pans out for Miami. So, and then my biggest question is, my biggest question is, is, is did Kawhi go to L.A. for nothing? That's like my biggest question <laughs> headed to the season. Is did Kawhi go there for nothing? And I say that is because if he don't beat out LeBron, if the Lakers end up in the finals again, and Kawhi doesn't, you know, him and flaunting, stepped out of character in a sense with the commercials, and he's the king now, and, you know, he had the king thing in his car while he was driving, like on the commercial, you know, put it on billboards. He came and deemed himself king of L.A., and so i let y'all touch on that. Do you think if do you think he might leave if he doesn't go to the finals this year in the late? You know, it's, it's funny you bring up Kawhi because – you know, they get him last year and they get Paul George and the Clippers instantly. Everyone's picking. We come into this year and it's quiet. And uh, we talked about it on Coach Couch uh, Live yesterday um, how the roles have kind of reversed with the Lakers, but with the Lakers and the Clippers part of the expectations. But Kawhi won some championship. He didn't yeah. come to get put out in the second round yeah. or get put out in the conference finals. So, um, and part of his reason of coming there and making them give up so much was Paul George was the team wasn't good enough to win. And he wants to win, so if they don't win, you know he didn't he didn't sign a long term deal. He he will hit the market again if it's not next summer, the summer after. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's going to look at his options if they're not in the finals. I mean, they didn't even make the conference finals last year. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. we, you know, the jokes are funny, but we know Denver was able to come back because of the bubble. They came back from down 3-1 twice, which is really hard. But you still lost down 3-1, and I don't think he's going to take that lightly. So uh, I I think he's expected to make the finals this year, or he's going to look at his options also. Yeah, I agree. I think they, at the minimum they have to make the finals. Yeah. Um, You don't want to get put out in the second round or the conference finals because now it's like, why well, did all this? And we don't have a future because of all the picks we traded right. for Paul George. Uh, Montrez already walked for way less money than he was going to get. And it's just – and then you're always going to have the media with the chemistry questions, with the – like you say, he came in and he got the commercials. This is my town now, the king of L.A. So now you got you to gotta kind of bag all those things up, even right. if you wanted the commercials or not. You have to back it up. So not getting to the finals – with a team you handpicked, a team you handmade. Yeah, I think he weighs his options and probably gets up out of there, honestly, like via trade or free agency. Right. This is going to be hard to say. Yeah, that pressure is going to start to, you know, it's going to almost seem like a Clippers curse if Kawhi can't get it done with what he asked yeah. for and how he yeah. And right. at that he point. But, uh, like, you got to even think about the heat that someone like LeBron's takes for putting his team together. And he wins uh, with his team. You know, he's won a championship on every team he's been on. And we, they always talk, you know, media talk about him handpicking his teammates, but you win in the end. So Kawhi kind of did the same. He gets a pass because, he, you know, he's a quiet guy. He's not really into the media as much. If you don't start winning in L.A., oh, they're going to be on his head. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. And another thing, like we said, Kawhi is about to be a free agent after this season. Paul George signed his extension. He got his money. The question right. is, Kawhi hasn't yet. As of right now, Kawhi's set to hit free agency. I think we were we were talking about the pressure with Milwaukee and getting the deal done with Giannis, or you know, was he going to test free agency or see what Milwaukee could do for him this year? Um, I think that that same question applies with Kawhi Leonard in the Clippers. Maybe we wake up in the morning and he signed a long term deal and got the same amount of money as Paul George. Or maybe he's looking, you know, we don't know. He doesn't talk to the media. He doesn't say something. He's not a social media guy. You know, there's no, no kind of moves he can make, no congratulations. But either way, if he doesn't like that signing, he's stuck with Paul George. And his whole thing is if they can't championship or at least make it to the finals this year, he might look, sit back and evaluate and be like, the guy I'm stuck with, do I want to sign this big deal this max deal and be stuck with this guy where at this point I know I won't win because everybody else gotten better and like the best they made, they got Ibaka. But like, it's not always going to be in Ibaka. You sign Kawhi to that kind of money, the Clippers aren't going to be the team where people, where guys are going to take less money to play. They're going to go play with LeBron, you know, and and there's a possibility the Nets could end up being that. The Warriors could end up being still guys might take less to still play with. Like the Warriors brand isn't done and over with, you know, Steph returns. Unfortunately, Clay isn't playing this year, but that's another thing to look at is there's a possibility guys will take a lot less to play elsewhere and their top three places will not be the Clippers. So now you have these two max contracts and doesn't seem like a guy who's really chasing rings, but if there is some comfort of kind of going to get a ring, he would have stayed in Toronto. 
And they said when he first got to L.A., he was regretting, like, you know, there was rumors and stories from people that he was crying about it. Like, he regretted leaving Toronto. I thought he should have never left. That organization showed they were, they did everything. They showed they were committed to keeping him there. They would have held in high water to make sure they would have got anybody that he wanted there. You know, and especially with the development of Siakam and Van Vliet, you still got Kyle Lowry. Abaka definitely would have stayed around. He would still be on the team. Mark Gasol probably was on the team. Um, they went to one championship. No OG, like a newbie. What didn't even really play until like five of the final year because he was injured. So Toronto had a lot of good things and to have Kawhi Leonard with that. And they went to bring it on. Like there was a possibility with Paul George up in Toronto with them or James Harden or we don't know, but he said he wanted to start lit. And so now, like, he got his star. Now he wants a guard. You know, there's people saying he wants a point guard. But they right. didn't want They retained, you know, they have Patrick Beverly and they retained Reggie Jackson. Right. We didn't see much of him last year. He kind of, as great as he was at the time, he doesn't seem like half the Reggie that we were used to seeing in Detroit. So right. that's, that's kind of the question is, did the Clippers really improve? They got Ibaka, but you What's lost Montrez hair. I don't think you improved – I just traded an apple for an apple. Like, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? You kind of traded a red apple for another red apple because they're kind of the same player. Montrez is just younger. So I don't think improvement, it was just kind of released to replace kind of deal with getting a Bacchus and Montrez Harrell. So I am, I'm real concerned to see what goes on with the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. And like, did he go to LA for nothing? Because he All also right. could have went to the Lakers. And that's another thing. And, and to your point, with the Clippers, even with the free agency, we heard that they were going to be contenders for people like Rondo, Gallinari, maybe Chris Paul tries to go there. And, yeah, they got Ibaka, but they, they lost out on everyone else. But you did see Trez take less money to go play with LeBron. And you saw mm-hmm. other people get traded there. So they didn't sign, you know, any big any big names or even just key role players outside of Ibaka. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm missing anybody else, but Ibaka's the only oh. signing I really could think of from Detroit. Yeah, which is from Detroit. Uh, I can never remember his name. The guard. We was just talking about him. Uh, I'm not sure he yeah, is. Yeah, I, I forget, but that's that's my point with the Clippers is, is and that's why that's his question is like, now Kawhi is the biggest free agent to hit the market. Yeah. Not yeah. Giannis. You know, the ability that was supposed to be Giannis for the Giannis sweepstakes. But then you also had Kawhi George right there. Obviously, Paul George is staying. Kawhi right now is the biggest star, a biggest player to hit the free agent market next year. And if he hits it, if he tests free agent, I think he's going to leave the Clippers. And him leaving the Clippers, I think, will be because they're not going to win the finals. and Or they didn't, didn't win the finals, make it to the finals. And if if he doesn't make it to the finals, more than likely what it looks like, they, they lost out in to the to the real team at LA and that's the Lakers. I don't really see anybody outside of those two teams making it. I think teams have a shot. Realistically, I think it'll be the Lakers or Clippers just because I'm a go with the two best duos. I'm I obviously put my faith in LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. They just they're the reigning champs and they improved as a championship team from the year before. And then the Clippers, I still think why Paul George are probably the second best duo in the Western Conference. Possibly the best duo in the NBA. You know, I was big on the Harden-Westbrook duo. 
But Paul George and Kawhi Leonard possibly the second duo, but we know what Paul George is in the playoffs. Right, yeah. If Paul George has a meltdown like he did in the bubble again, and he could take his trend lately ever since he's left Indiana. Right. And so, and I know he had that, but he's still a player. Like he, he, he got back in all form. Like we can't let that before he injury last season. Um, or two seasons okay. ago, he was an MVP candidate. In the top three? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, he was in the top three. There was a possibility, you know, he could have won MVP. Well, he's never been – he's been the same. He turned back. He returned to the guy. Maybe he didn't develop and become the guy we saw in Indiana. Like, oh, we see him being the, the LeBron, but he's still yeah. a star player, and there's no excuse, you know, you can't patty cake it and get out on the back and say, hey, well, good try, we'll get him next. Nah, it's not a contract. You got money. And so that's my biggest thing with if Kawhi Leonard leaves. And so I think, you know, mid-season, I think that'll be a conversation we'll be revisiting. If Kawhi signed an extension, hit free agency, that'll be a big talk about, you know, and I think that's where the pressure is on the Clippers. So that's my biggest question. What's y'all's, what, before we go, what's y'all's biggest question? We said what we were excited to see. What are, what are yeah. y'all's question? Biggest question. I guess how all the signs in Atlanta is going to work because they got they got some guys at the same position and they kind of got some guys where they're going to have to play out of position. I don't know how confident, comfortable they're going to be playing because there's going to be a lot of times where Gallinari is in at the four and John Collins at the five. Uh, maybe DeAndre Hunter in at the four and Gallinari plays some five just to get some shooting out there with Cam Reddish at the three. Kevin Hoarder is probably going to have to learn how to play point guard a little bit this year. With Chris Dunn, I know they they, they did sign Chris Dunn and Rondo, but Chris Dunn does have a very notorious injury history. Right, he's currently hurt. He's currently hurt right now. And they got to take Kevin Hoarder because Rondo. I don't think Rondo is going to be a twenty-five minute a night guy every night. It's going to be mm-hmm. some nights where he might not play, especially with a shortened season and a shortened off season. Him coming off a play a championship run with the Lakers, so Kevin Hoarder is going to have to develop fast. Cam Reddish is going to have to keep showing that development and develop faster. DeAndre Hunter is going to have to show that he was the number four pick, why he was the number four pick and prove that. Mm-hmm. So I think Atlanta has a lot of questions I want to see asked. And can Trey Young be 28, 30, and 9 again, basically? Yeah. After, you know, of course, John Collins, who's also for a contract extension, if you find that, is he going to stay hungry and stay a 29 and 10 player as well? I mean, a 20 and 10 player, not 29 picks. <laughs> I think for me, the biggest question uh, I got is in Brooklyn, just because that's the team that can compete for the championship if they're, if they're healthy and they mesh well. You know, if KD's healthy, his team's mm-hmm. in the top three in the standings. Um, and so you got his KD healthy. How does KD and Kyrie mix? Um, Steve Nash, the rookie coach, but he has the super coaching coaching staff. Um, so how do they all put it together? Because if Brooklyn puts it together, it would not shock me to see them in the finals at all. But that's also putting a lot on a guy coming off a torn Achilles. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So and then seeing how they mesh with the players from last year, uh, I know John brings up a lot. You know, Dinwiddie, Le- Karis Levert, they played an important role. So now you got to take a step up while kind of taking a step back at the same time because you want to take a step up to to win and be the best for the team, but at the same time, at the end of, uh, end of the game, we're going to Kyrie and KD, so the ball not going to be in your hands as much, so learning to be more efficient. 
Um, but Brooklyn's a big question mark because if they're healthy, I I think they're they're competing for the finals for me. Yeah. So yeah, man, yeah. That, those are definitely some. I know John went with the with the Atlanta Hawks and kind of his biggest question about his own team. Same way I with Miami and yeah, it definitely. I think every turn is what Brooklyn does and and if KD's healthy, you know, my personal opinion, hands down, the healthy can second best player in the league, right behind LeBron James. Um, and oh, yeah. I think it's no argument. I really think one A and one B. You know, you can yeah. pick your poison of who you. For the past few years, it's been KD and LeBron have been. It's them. It's been them. about the third, but third ain't touching. Who one yeah. A and either or B? Yeah. Who do you like prefer out of KD and LeBron? I think he showed flashes of he's quick, healthy. He's just got to get back in rhythm. It's way playing pickup ball and working out. It's way different. That's it. That's you know, and it takes. 20, 25 games, you know, maybe by March he'll be back in rhythm and everything will be moving. He'll be 100% to KD because I think he looks 100% healthy. He just has to get back in the rhythm of teammates and getting with guys and just the the speed of the NBA, which is what he's not. He hasn't played in well over a year at this point, almost a year and a half he hasn't played. So that's another thing, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to and if Kyrie can stay healthy. So, yeah, right. fellas. That's how we're going to end the show tonight. I appreciate you. Once again, I'm going to give you all the floor. You know, let everybody know where they can follow you. Um, you know, y'all got y'all show every week, so tell them about that. And just, you know, go ahead and take out the show. Yeah, appreciate you having us on again. Um, oh, of course. You us, man, anywhere podcasts are played. Uh, Apple, Apple, Spotify. Yeah, Apple, Spotify. Just, yeah, just look up the Hoopers Pod uh, every Wednesday morning on the Facebook Off the Ball Network. Page. We go live with the Hoopers Morning Run. Go down the latest uh, NBA news and just basketball news, period. And on Twitter, you can follow us at the Hoopers Pod. Instagram, the underscore Hoopers Pod. IG, uh, IG excuse me, the <laughs> underscore Hoopers Pod. And on Twitter, I'm at Worldwide Fresh, W-O-R-L-Wide Fresh on Twitter for me. I'm Jonathan underscore W on Twitter. That's Jonathan underscore D-U-B-Y-A. Um, that's Twitter. Yeah. Um, like I say, follow us anywhere podcast you can listen to a podcast. Shout out to Anchor for distributing that for us. Right. Um, follow Twitter, follow the Instagram. YouTube will be here soon, soon as we decide to put some time into that. Right. Yeah. So, yep. But every every Wednesday morning, nine a.m. Shout out to the Off the Ball Network and all the great people over there. Uh, catch us with the Hoopers Morning Run for sure. All right, yeah, man. So I appreciate it. Everybody, y'all heard it. Definitely go check out the Hoopers Pod. And if you don't watch it, uh, Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock p.m. E- I mean, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6, p- 6 a.m. Pacific. I'm getting everything mixed up. Y'all definitely go check it out. It's a good live show. Typically lasts about 45 minutes to an hour every day. Uh, the past two weeks, they've been with Colts. So Those have been great episodes on Tuesdays. You know, we're definitely, this won't be the last episode y'all are here for other either. So, you know, definitely continue to check them out. Y'all know where to find me everywhere, up in flames everywhere, uh, Apple, Google, and everything like that. So, you know, I appreciate y'all for being on. And on this point, up in flames is out.